you and I live a life that doesn't bow to the expectations of those around us. Hey, I'm Deanna. Thank you so much for listening. This week, I'm in conversation with Emily Hamilton, one third of popular band For All Seasons. Emily has been on her own journey of discovering what success means in her life and how it can be more authentically measured. Also, if you're honest with yourself, how achievement-driven would you say you are? Are we missing out by focusing so highly and solely on our work? We're talking about Emily's new music and more in this week's Heart of Heart podcast. My name is Emily, and I am the lead vocalist of For All Seasons. We're a three-piece located in Southern California, and we've always been in Southern California. We actually met while we were in college, um, not studying music. We were there studying communications, studying business. It's actually also um, a Bible college, so we have minors in Bible. But we formed just to lead worship in chapel as an extra extracurricular kind of thing um, with no goal to ever do music full-time. But the more that we played together at school and maybe at local youth groups, the more we, the more we really fell in love with what we were doing. And so... Upon graduating in 2010, we kind of said, hey, why don't we just try this music thing out? We weren't even really writing our own music at the time. We were really just leading worship in churches. And different opportunities started coming up. We spent 10 different seasons between like winters and summers at this camp in Central California. And that's where we really started writing music and releasing music. But really, from the start, we've just been... A group of friends that met in college that have just been watching to see what door God opens and then walking through that door as it opens. I'm actually married to the drummer of our band. His name is Johnny. Does it ever uh, get and a bit awkward being together all the time? Actually, it's wonderful. But it's because we actually were playing together in the band before we even started dating. So it wasn't like we, you know, started dating and then said, hey, let's start a band together. So we've really only known each other in the context of the band, which is kind of strange, I guess. We think about that from time to time, like, oh, one day when this is done, that will be so strange to not have this band anymore. But um, we've been married for six years now, and... um, I am one of the few people in the world that loves cats. <laughs> what is it with church people particularly? Like you hear so many pastors on stage saying about how they dislike cats. I like cats. I had a cat growing up and I've yes. never had a dog. So I'm all about cats. Yeah, I don't understand. Sadly, my husband is allergic. So oh. that's never really going to be an option for me. But sure. he's totally fine if we drive by someone's house and there's a cat in the front yard just to slow the car down so at least I can look at the cat. <laughs> yeah, and I'll throw something at it. Because he knows that a cat's not going to get any closer to him. But um, let's see. We live in Southern California, which is our where we live is about 20 minutes from Disneyland. That's like the mark that we give people. So we hear the fireworks every night, which is really fun. Um, music was never my dream or goal. It was something that I loved. But I think a lot of that stemmed from feeling like I wasn't good enough or a lot of self-doubt. Um, but throughout college, God really worked on my heart and started to help me understand like, no, you know, music and leadership and worship is something that I've really imprinted on you. And I want you to follow it passionately. And so it's been an interesting ride the last... Well, now it's been almost 12 years. Um, 
of really learning what does it mean for God to give you a gift and to use that gift and be a good steward of that gift and and all those kinds of things. It's crazy how time has flown, even looking back. We get to visit our college every so often because we still live pretty close to it. And to walk in and see other students leading worship and then think, that was me over 10 years ago. And to see where God has brought me to this point is pretty wild. Tell me a little bit more about your journey with discovering or understanding uh, worth, self-worth, and knowing that you are enough. Because I think that's something that Mm -hmm. any songwriter would have much to write about and to talk about through their music when you've been on a journey like that. And it's certainly something that um, I think it affects a lot of – it affects people of all ages, but particularly today with all this constant comparison that we can't seem to get away from. it, It is an issue. Yeah. So I'm the oldest of three daughters. And with that, I kind of fell automatically into that oldest child, you know, go for all the goals and try to be really good at everything, focus on good grades, all of that stereotypical oldest child stuff. And I think through that, what happened is, I mean, my parents, they never specifically looked at me and said, like, we will not love you if you don't do this. They're wonderful parents who love Jesus and were so encouraging in anything I wanted to do. But it's like subconsciously, I started to believe that. I was like, oh, if I want them to be happy with me, I need to produce and do all these different things. And what happened is I kind of projected that same thing on God. And so it just became this dance where I wanted to just kind of be safe all the time of like, I don't want to try too hard at something that I'm not sure about because I don't want to fail at it. Um, And so in music, music is not like a calculated mathematical thing. It is all about expressing who you are and, taking risks. And that was just not me in high school and in college. And so that's been a big part of it, of God saying like, Hey, I've created you specifically. So you mentioned like, we live in this culture of of comparison. Like you can't compare yourself to other people because you're just yourself. And I'm teaching you specific things and calling you to specific things. But that is so hard. I mean, I actually just finished this um, blog post that's going up tomorrow about you know, we live in this world where we just want to be accepted and we want to measure up to what other people's expectations are. Um, And so as a worship leader, as someone in ministry, if I base everything that I do off of other people's expectations, then at the end of the day, am I really following God or am I just following people? God can still use me in that. He uses us in our brokenness and in our confusion and all those different things. But it's like, I had to come to this realization if I want to be not just useful, but if I wanted to live a life of freedom, then I have to accept and say, hey, this is who God has made me. He's given me specific gifts and I can't base who I am and what I do off of other people's expectations or be so afraid of failure that I don't ever try because I'm just too scared that I'll mess up and that someone will be disappointed or my biggest fear that God would be disappointed. But God had never said that in his word, like, oh, don't screw up because then I'm going to be really disappointed in you. Um, We know that Jesus covers all of our mistakes. And so it's just been that big journey of really coming to terms with who I am and realizing that God is inviting me to walk in freedom 
accepting who I am, uh, and using the gifts that he's given me. I love that we can talk about this though, because I mean, for me, even for me personally, that's been something similar of just realizing that I have been in my life very achievement driven yeah. because I felt that that was expected of me. You're not by any chance the child of ministers or church leaders, are you? No. Well, my dad was very involved in church. He was a worship leader at our church until fifth grade. And then he just became, you know, just a normal attendee, but was very like in leadership and men's ministry and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel that any of the um, the things that you've just talked about in terms of living up to an expectation that may or may not have been invisible, like you feel it whether it whether or not it's actually articulated, in yeah. your experience, has any of that come from faith community or is it more learned in school or within your family dynamic? Uh, I think it's a little bit of everything. My sister, well, my, my middle sister was definitely the rebellious one. And so I know watching my parents, uh, interact with her and to see, you know, the sadness that it would cause them when she would act out or lie to them. It's like, I would watch that happen and say, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm going to avoid that at all costs. So now I need to like overperform and overachieve to make sure that that doesn't happen. But then also in faith community, whether it was youth group or with my parents, it was easy to project that same thing onto God because, you know, being in a youth group, it's like, well, I need to fit this certain mold in order to be um, loved or accepted. And again, it's never a message that we're told specifically. Like, it's not like my youth pastor sat me down and said, if you want to be in the in crowd, you have to do this. It's just, we watch it, we observe it. And for certain personalities, um, and I feel like it's becoming more common because the Western world is all about how can I achieve and succeed and have value. We observe and we say, this is what I need to do in order to be loved or in order to be accepted or in order to be valuable. Um, and we lose sight of the fact that, again, God's calling us to just be us. Yeah, it's so interesting how perceptive we are as young people as well. Yeah. I think the older yeah. we get, the more we realize the things that we picked up in our teenage years, for example, that we didn't necessarily even know attach themselves to us in a spirit sense or a felt sense, an emotional sense that when you get to your 30s, you start to unpick these things. <laughs> yeah. and you start to go, oh, that's why I get so bent out of shape about. But I also find it really interesting that you were talking about how achieve, being achievement-driven or feeling like you need to be successful in whatever way as a measure of love and as an acceptance, there are some ways where you can look at a measure and go, oh, I won the top prize or I came in top three. That's a measurable mm -hmm. achievement. But now in music, you work in this very creative dynamic that, I mean, there are still ways to measure success. Some people might measure that by, you know, top 10 hits or by how yeah. many awards and Grammys and Dove Awards and things like that that you've won. But actually in any creative industry, and, and I think when God's leading you anyway down a path where you don't really necessarily know where it's going to go, yeah. like how did that affect you to go from, you would have had to, I would have thought, really had a better sense of who you are, what you're about, what's what God is calling you to do and be happy with obedience and in yeah. being obedient because it's a little less measurable when you're writing music and touring. And does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I mean, 
ever since we, so we were independent, um, just out in California, not even really understanding the Christian music industry until 2016. That's when we first started, you know, getting introduced to the Christian music industry and everything that happens in Nashville and all that kind of stuff. Um, and getting thrown into that was, was really difficult because now I had all these things to measure myself up against which is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But naturally, that's how I'd survived my entire life, is measure up against something else and figure out how do I get to that level or how do I even beat that out? But like you said, music is so creative and it's about what you specifically can create that you can't really measure things like streams and Instagram follows and all, it will just eat you alive. And what's beautiful about what we're able to do as a band is that at the end of the day, it's about ministry. And I've said this from the beginning. I don't think people will say, you know, can you, you know, would you ever go on like American Idol or whatever? And it's like, I so badly need my music to be about Jesus and helping people understand who he is because then so much of the pressure is taken off of me. Because if it was just about me walking into a room and convincing people that I had a good voice and that I'm worth listening to and that I can be entertaining, I would destroy myself with so much comparison. But it's like, I'm able now to say, Hey God, the whole purpose behind my music and our music as a band is to provide people a space to to talk with you and to process with you. And so that has to be my goal, my priority. And as long as that is happening, then I'm happy. And that has taken a long time to get there because again, we live in a media world where it's really easy for me to just log onto my computer and see like, how are our streams stacking up against someone else's or this person has an article written about them, but there's not one written about us or this person's playing this show. Why didn't we get asked to play that show on and on and on? So I had to set this bar for myself of like, Hey, are we getting messages from people that are talking about the fact that like they have a deeper understanding of who God is because of our music? Yes. Then I, I have to be happy with that. I have to be content with that. Um, and that's a conversation that as a band we had to have of like, what is really our purpose in this? Cause if our purpose is just to like be famous, then I'm going to hate it within a month because I'm going to feel so defeated all the time. And God's kingdom just doesn't work that way, you know? It's having everything flipped on its head uh, and saying, like, Jesus is not concerned. He's not ultimately concerned with how many followers I can get. He's concerned about advancing his kingdom. And so I have to choose to be about that. Sorry, but no one cares how many Instagram followers anyone has. I mean, obviously people care, like from the perspective of you can literally get jobs and lose jobs. And this happens all the time. Which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. But it's not a very healthy way to live your life. And unfortunately, that is now the measuring mark. And you hear people talking about what's your goal in life to hit a million Instagram followers. And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on somebody's goals and dreams and achievements. And I don't, I don't just because I don't care about it, but I just think there there is yeah. more to life. I mean, you yeah. mentioned earlier that you are married to another member of the band, and um, 
and you guys, well, you're all married essentially and you all make a real effort to bring family on the road and make sure that family's at a real forefront and your relationships are at a forefront of what you do and what you're about and you create space for that. I feel like with some of the things you've gone through, you know, know, for any female, well, for anyone in general, who you surround yourself with is going to bring out these fantastic qualities that you're trying to build in your life or help you with the boundaries that you've set so that you don't fall into bad patterns. And certainly within marriage, you want to uh, align yourself with a partner who brings out the best in you and helps you in all those yeah. ways as well. So how does that dynamic work with your relationship with your mm-hmm. husband and and how do you make sure that you bring out the best in each other? Yeah, because we are both so passionate about this band, it's there's so many good things and so many bad things. Um, we are both overachievers. Um And we had to learn this about ourselves even more specifically in the last 18 months of like, we will not stop when it comes to work. Like if something needs to happen, it needs to happen. But what happens is that is terrible for your mental health and spiritual health. If your whole life is wrapped around, how do we make this work? Um, And so we've had to learn to really refocus and recalibrate one another of, hey, this thing that we think is so urgent right now is not urgent. Like, this is not what matters at the end of the day. And it's been really healthy because not just the two of us, but as a band, our third member, Jeff, um, we've all kind of come to this place of, if God wants to exalt something, he's going to exalt it. And that doesn't mean don't, like, give your best. But when we start to put this unhealthy pressure on ourselves of like, hey, this band lives or dies because of us, because of what we do or don't do or on and on and on. It's just not healthy. And so we've all come to this place of, we just have to trust that, let's say with this music that we're releasing this year, that if God wants people to hear it, then he's going to allow people to hear it. And we can't micromanage every little aspect because there's more to life. And I think with Jeff and Taylor having their first child this year, and we all turned 30 this last year. So it has caused us to kind of shift our thinking of like, what what really matters at the end of our life? You know, as we all get ready to start families and it's not just about how do we play all these shows and how do we look cool and all this stuff that... I think when you're younger, it just becomes this priority without even realizing it. Um, But this last year or so has really caused us to stop and say, how do we, how do we see the gifts that God has really put in one another and not gifts as in like, you have a good voice or you're good at drums or you're good at guitar, but things like, wow, like you are a really encouraging person or you are really wise or you're an incredible person teacher. Uh, People like to listen to you as you teach God's word or all these different things. Like how do we really call out the true identity giftings in in one another and not the giftings that culture would say are really valuable? And I love that you're able to talk about that and draw that out of each other because we all need friends and community is so important. Yes, we do. To do that. Um, Well, tell me about all these songs that you are releasing throughout the course of 2019, instead of putting out one record, which you would, you know, lead up to with maybe a few radio singles or, you know, bits of music, you guys are kind of doing that for an entire year. I'm curious as to Mm -hmm. why. 
So we we kind of hit a wall around August of last year. We we've never really felt fully in our own skin in the Christian music industry, and that might be just because for so long we kind of did things a certain way outside of Christian music. And so the idea of writing for radio and these like unspoken rules that you have to follow within Christian music that in and of themselves are not bad. Is it, more, just n- is it Christian music or is it going from being an independent band to being signed to a major label? It's hard to say. So this is the, this is the kicker. I feel like there haven't really been a lot of, um, Christian artists that have shown that through streaming, you can have a sustainable career. Like just last night, Johnny and I went to a concert of an artist, not a Christian artist, who sold out the House of Blues in San Diego, and they've never had a song on the radio. They've just 100% been streaming, and they have only been around for about a year and a half. But she just created the music that she wanted to create. And granted, she has people speaking into it, but she doesn't have to follow like a radio strategy of like, hey, the song has to be within this many minutes. It needs to hit the chorus by this time, you know, like all these different unspoken rules. Um, And we felt like within Christian music, nobody has really tried to do that yet. And for us, because we were at camps for so long with high school students, 80% of our listeners are between the ages of 20 and 30. And the majority of them, at least here in the States, they all stream. They don't really listen to radio anymore because they get into their car and they have Bluetooth that just connects them to Spotify or to Apple Music. And they have playlists that they've created or playlists that they subscribe to or whatever that is. And so it was like, how do we, because that's already 80% of our listeners, how do we release music in a way that they want it? Um, And there are so many listeners on streaming services. So we kind of sat down as a band and said, as people who also stream most of our music, how do we want to hear music? And it just seems like, I mean, we released a record last year, a seven-song EP in January. And I think within the first week of March, we had people messaging us asking when the next music was coming. And it was like, wait a minute, we just released seven songs. Like, we can't release music that fast. So it was like, well, instead of having feeling the pressure to release these groups of songs, you know, every few months, what if we just took a record and we made it a concept record and we released it over the course of a year, which allowed every song to kind of have its moment. And so at the same time, our fans could feel like we were consistently releasing music and they always had something new to listen to. Because even my favorite artists will release a record and I'll listen to it on repeat for a month. But then by the next month, somebody else has something out and I've kind of forgotten about it just because we live in a world with so much content. So it was like, how can we release music in a way that kind of keeps our music at the forefront, but then also use it for something greater? So this year we decided to make it a concept record, like I said, and every song will be written from a specific season of life. So it's like, how can we release a song that's written from a specific season, but then use the entire month to help people understand what does it look like to worship God in that season of life? And that has been so fruitful and so life-giving because I feel like we've been really 
we've always been really pastoral in the way that we write songs and do ministry. Um, so being able to have conversations with fans through live streams and through social media of, hey, you've walked through this specific season, whether it's a season of waiting or this next month we're looking at a season of loneliness, you know, how can we learn from one another about what it looks like to worship God in really difficult seasons and also really great seasons? Yeah, for sure. Tell me a little bit more. We'll have to end soon, but tell me a bit more about, I know you said you grew up in in a Christian household, but looking at how you came to faith, was it something that you ever questioned or you ever had to really have a journey with um, on your own? Because for all of us, there is a point where we've had to yeah. sort of get serious, I guess, about whether or not we want to be a mm-hmm. Christian or not. I definitely never hit a moment of, is God even real? But I have had moments where I've had to look at the foundations of my faith and say, is this really built on something that's true? Or is it built on living up to other people's expectations? Like, is this, is what I'm basing everything off of what God truly says? Or is it something that I learned through my parents or through the way that someone else explained God to be. Um, And I think that naturally happens as you get older because following God is something that requires all of us and like every part of who we are. And it's like, if I'm, if I'm going to sacrifice every part of who I am, I want to make sure that this is for something that matters and is true. Um, So asking questions along the way of like, you know, when God says that he loves me, like, what does that really mean? And do I really believe that? And then finding places in his word where it's like, okay, yes, this is what he really says. I've been told this my whole life, but now I, I know because I'm, I'm reading it and I'm experiencing it for myself. I think there's been so many moments throughout the last 10 years where I've had to stop and say, what is it that I believe? Why is it that I believe it? And do I really believe it at the end of the day? Oh, it's a good practice for all of us to um, mm-hmm. to do periodically, I think. Thank you so much, Emily, for your time. Uh, You're so welcome. I, before I let you go, let me just ask, what are you hoping for, you know, 2019 as a band, for yourself, for your family? What can we expect from you over this next year? I am expectant for a new sense of freedom in what we do. Um, and that's for me personally, where, where it's getting rid of, like, freeing myself of other people's expectations, but also as a band, just walking boldly into this next year and saying, this is what we feel the messages that God has given us to send out to people. And this is the music that we feel like God has asked us to create. And so we're going to push other people's expectations and comparison and all those things to the side and just walk in, in freedom and who God has made us to be. My thanks to Emily Hamilton for speaking with us today. Get the band's latest release and catch them live. For details, visit forallseasonsmusic.com. That's it for me, but I'll be back soon with another conversation. So for now, thanks for listening.